This is Sports and Torts with David Spada and Elliot Harris on TalkZone.com. On the phone, we have Pro Football Hall of Famer, former Pittsburgh Steeler, great John Stallworth. How are you doing today, Mr. Stallworth? I'm doing fine. I see that you were born in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. How did you end up not going to Alabama for college, and you went to <laughs> Alabama A&M? Right. It, 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 it was a different time. Let me, let me say that. Uh, it was uh, the uh, early 70s. Uh, my last year in, in, in uh, high school was 1970, so it, it was uh, before some changes took place, place at the university. Were a lot of colleges recruiting you back then? I'm sorry, say again? Were a lot of colleges recruiting you? Oh, no, no, no. I um, I got I actually got one um, offer to go to college to uh, for, on scholarship, and that was at Alabama A&M. What was the like point at Alabama A&M back in the early 70s? Well, it, it was a great experience for me. Uh, it was uh, a different experience, uh, certainly a, a, a Black college football, and my my high school uh, was uh, predominantly white high school, and so uh, sort of sometimes the approach that that uh, we took um, different than the approach that was taken at Alabama and them. But it, it was it was a good experience for me. Uh, it was the first time I've been in a passing offense. Um, my my forte, I've always thought that that it was catching the football. At uh, in high school, we didn't have a quarterback that could throw the football, so I was a running back, uh, a tall and skinny uh, running back. And when I got to Alabama A&M, I had an opportunity to do the thing that I thought I was good at. So it, it, football-wise, it was a good experience. And uh, uh, the, my moving through the academics of Alabama A&M was good for me also. And uh, um, uh, I also met my wife at Alabama A&M, so a lot of good things happened there. How did Eddie Robinson not try to recruit you? It seemed like he got all the outstanding black players back then. Oh well, we we if you look at our <coughs> high school team, we were not a very good high school team. Uh, we we uh, won very few games over the two years that I played high school ball. Uh, so uh, maybe that's part of it. And the other part was that again, I was at a predominantly. Uh, White High School, and uh, had a good experience there. Don't get me wrong, had a good experience there. Uh, but even the coaches at Alabama A&M felt that that I was going to go from there to a a, a college that was also a, a, um, a majority uh, university. So that that may be a part of it that nobody looked at at those schools at from the black colleges. And then you get drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers. What was that like? Uh, that, that was great. The uh, Alabama A&M had not experienced a whole lot of players being drafted. Uh, I was drafted in the fourth round, and, and, and at that point was the was the highest draft choice out of Alabama A&M in the history of Alabama A&M. So, um, was a good experience. I had uh, uh, a lot of growth there. Drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, I, I thought probably was going to be the kiss of death because, as far as being a receiver was concerned, because at that time the 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 thing that that Pittsburgh did really well, they ran the football and they had a great running back in Franco Harris who was young and in his, uh, when I got there in his third year, 
and they played great defense. And that was that three yards in a cloud of dust kind of philosophy, and, and they just didn't throw the ball that much. But with Bradshaw's development and uh, Swan and I coming on, we, we, we changed that a little bit. Yeah, and you had Rocky Blyer, who wasn't too shabby either at running back. No, Rocky was not. Rocky played a crucial role for us in, in all of our Super Bowl wins. Terry had a like it that you got drafted and Lynn Swan because it allowed him to show off his arm. <laughs> well, Lynn and I both wanted to like the big play. We liked going, uh, coming up with the big play and giving the opportunity to do that. And that fit well with, uh, with uh, Bradshaw's uh, style of play. So and we we came together at the right time, and for us uh, it was right when Bradshaw started started to come out of those early years that were when he was up and down and up and down, and he started to play with some consistency, and we were there for those years. Did you enjoy going up against that Steeler defense in practice? Because I mean that defense was ferocious. Well, you know, we never got anything done offensively unless they, let let the coaches called them off. You know, uh, that the defensive line we couldn't run the football. You know, guys like Mel Blunt and Donnie Shell and and Mike Wagner in the uh, in the defensive backfield, JT Thomas. Uh, we it was it was kind of hard even to throw the football. Uh, so we never got a whole lot done. Uh, but it, the 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 good thing for us is that once we go up against those guys in practice every day, when we got to the got to the game, it was a lot easier. It's hard to imagine that it was hard to get things done. I mean, you had a Hall of Fame quarterback, Hall of Fame running back, two Hall of Fame receivers, Hall of Fame center Mike Webster. I mean, I know that defense was good, but it's just hard to believe. Well, they were they were in their heyday. They were that good. And if you look back over some of the things that they were accomplishing, and 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 the other part was they, you know, normally in, in the the offense comes along a lot slower than the defense. You know, you get to training camp and defense sort of starts clicking almost right away. And offense has to, because of the timing of everything, the blocks and all of that, and the throwing the ball and the timing with the quarterback and the receiver takes a little bit longer to develop that. So, And they they knew exactly what we were going to do. You know, there, there wasn't going to be anything that we were going to do that was going to surprise them. And so when you had guys that, that were as talented on defense as they were, and then they knew where you were going. And, you know, sometimes they take the shortcut and get there before you. Do you think your best uh, game was Super Bowl uh, thirteen when you caught the seventy-five yard uh, pass from Bradshaw? <laughs> yeah, it was my best performance in a in a big game in a playoff game. Yeah, I think I've, I've had other games where I played. I think I played better. Um, you know, and, and, and all that that was asked of me, catching the football and 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 blocking and what have you. Uh, so there were games when I actually played better, but that was probably my best big game. Uh, uh, performance. Did you have a favorite Super Bowl? Uh, anyone that I played well. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, the, the, the ones that, you know, that, uh, you know, the first one we put against the Minnesota Vikings, you know, we, we ran the football. Franco, I think, broke the record, rushing record for touchdowns for, for rushing record for, for running backs, uh, in that game. Uh, and so we may, we, but, Played good defense, played great defense against Minnesota, and played uh, and ran the football. Didn't throw it a whole lot. So uh, good game. Happy with the victory. Uh, but uh, as a receiver, you'd like to do more, be more of a factor in in the in the outcome of the game. 
And then you had the 60 prevent slot hook and go play. What was that like? Big play. Big play at, 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 at a crucial time for us. Uh, we were not, in that Super Bowl, we were not running the ball very well. Um, there were three of our former coaches who had left uh, Pittsburgh uh, just right before the season and were now uh, coaches with the, men, with the uh, Los Angeles Rams. And and uh, so they knew what we were going to do. They knew what we what our talent sort of dictated that we do. They knew Bradshaw strong suit. They and they and they did a great job of game planning that so that we to take us out of that. And what the only thing they left us with was big plays down the field. And that particular play we threw three three times during the course of the game and and. Uh, uh, and it came and it worked well for us. Uh, Swan's big play and, and the two that I called the 75 yarder, uh, for a touchdown and later a 45 yarder that put us in position for our final score. Uh, so, you know, as a kid, you dream about, you know, having a, a great performance in a, in, in the big game of the year for, for professional football. That's the Super Bowl. And so, you know, I came up with the winning catch and, in a uh, in a Super Bowl win, so it was a dream come true for me. So, uh, yeah, a lot of great memories there. Uh, that was for for our era of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, you know, that was the the last Super Bowl that we played in, and so it had special a special place for us also. What was Chuck Noll like as a coach? Chuck ultimately is a great teacher, and and he cared about you know that that he was communicating effectively with you, and so you knew not only what you had to do, but why you were doing it. Uh, and I think that, that gave us a, a, a leg up in, in, in understanding um, why what we were, we had to do and, and, and performing that those actions in, in the game. I, I think ch- there's a part of Chuck that you know, most people don't, don't see when you look back over the history that I, I think he had a lot of compassion for, for the guys that played for him uh, and that he – uh, felt that as a coach that you couldn't show that. So, you know, he did things not to show that. But I think he cared about the the guys that were on his team. He cared about their, their development not only as football players, but he cared about their development as as, as people, as human beings. Uh, he tell us a lot of uh, truths, he said, that uh, uh, about why you do a certain thing and how you react when a certain thing happens. And, and those those truths transcended football. They were they were truths and lessons, life lessons that we could take uh, on to our next job, our life's work, as he would call it. Uh, and and whatever we were doing, uh, they were applicable. What I don't get is how you were not named the Super Bowl MVP in that Super Bowl. How Bradshaw got it? Uh, you're gonna have to talk to somebody else about that. Because <laughs> <laughs> nowadays, I mean, you were on the cover of Sports Illustrated, but nowadays you'd be on TV saying, "I'm going to Disney World." Have all kinds of endorsement deals. Well, you know, you know, you you you, you deal with the hand that you dealt. You know, that I had no no say so in that decision, and and uh, and certainly Bradshaw was a worthy a, a worthy recipient of it. And uh, so you, you deal with that. You move on, and you, you try not to dwell in that. Uh, I had a, 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 I thought it an excellent football game. Um, and it, I was a factor in our team's win, and, and uh, so I, I, that 
I take a great deal of solace in that, and and uh, and we move on. And you had a great assistant coach. I've talked to a lot of former Steelers and Raleigh Dodge. They just love that guy. Uh, Raleigh's a good man, um, and uh, just an excellent coach. Had a great, great rapport with with the offensive linemen and, and and all of us actually. And uh, uh, we sorely hated to lose him uh, when he went left our team and went to to coach in in in, in Birmingham at the at that in the new league. But even more than that, when when it's it's untimely passing, uh, we just sort of we all agreed about that because he was such a good person and such a not just a, a good coach but a good person and a friend. I remember the saying I, one of the former players told me. He used to always tell him, "Pull up your bootstraps and get ready." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Riley actually had a great singing voice too. I don't know whether anybody's ever said that, but he he had a great singing voice and. Uh, yeah, you catch him at a at a at a, uh, a moment when he was totally relaxed and and feeling comfortable, and he 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 belt out something for you, and you come away from that amazed. So, did he sing with the other players like uh, Mean Joe Green or Elsie Greenwood? Um, th- th- those guys weren't singers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. Terry Bradshaw was the country singer. Terry, Terry had a guitar and actually, actually made an album, uh, one of the years that we were in Pittsburgh. I don't know how many, how many he sold, but, uh, he did, he did, and, uh, uh, I guess it was on television a couple of times actually singing. Could you ever envision Terry Bradshaw becoming the media celebrity he has become? Yeah, you know, I, I think Terry, Terry, when he got to the point where he was comfortable with who he, who he who he is and who he was who he, um, I, you know that that Terry's a very approachable guy uh, and and uh, he comes across real easy he's a likable guy um, yeah so yeah in that sense but then, with Terry there was always that awkwardness of, of of starting something new you know when he came to the Steelers and getting adjusted to the game at that at that level was was new and it took him a while. And when he when he transitioned into into uh, broadcasting, it it was awkward. I mean, I think the initially the fir- the first few years that he was doing that, he he only did uh, uh, the games out of New Orleans, and and we joked him because we said that that time New Orleans was was not a very good football team at all. So nobody really watched. So if he screwed up, nobody would know. Uh, but he has he he's, he's practiced. His craft. He he is himself. He's feeling comfortable with that, and uh, and so uh, yeah, I could I could see him being very, him being where he is and being very successful. But you know, nobody nobody knows when you when you leave the game what you go what ask me what you're going to do. You know, you, everybody's got a something they'd like to be able to do, but to what degree are we going to be successful when we transition? You know, nobody knew, and that's that's one of the questions I think. All athletes kind of ask themselves, "What's next?" And, and if you can answer that question, then your transition out of football is easy, and you and you you make it and you welcome it. But if you can't answer that question, you, you tend to hold on and cling to the life that you got because that's the only one you know. And you've been very successful after football with your foundation and with all your ventures. We we have we've been very fortunate. We we we. Uh, Encountered some great people that were able to help us along the way. We started a company and ran that company for 20 years, uh, Madison Research Corporation, and 
uh, a larger company came on and wanted to buy us out, and they did. And, and that that uh, that next step went, went well for us. Uh, we started our foundation because we wanted to help some young people uh, have an opportunity to go to school and continue their education. And you know, we were fortunate, and we got got scholarship to to do to do that. And a lot of the worthy young people don't have the the resources to go, so we we wanted to help out, and we've been able to do that. We've given out over 100, 100 scholarships over the years. We have probably 13 or 14 young people on scholarship right now uh, at my alma mater, uh, Alabama A&M, among others, other, other schools. So it's been a blessing to be able to do that and to, to affect some lives in that way. The Steelers position players are very successful. You, Franco Harris with Super Bakery, Lynn Swan, anything he touches seems like it turns to gold. We we've had some successes, you know, and uh, you know when you when you got a really good work ethic, I think it it it, uh, um, it transitions very well to to the to the next step. You know, there are guys that are doing well. Their their careers, their their next careers have not been, you know, that ones where they made millions and millions of dollars, but they've done well. You know, uh, Donnie Shell has is now a uh, a, a an advisor, a, a spiritual advisor at a at a at a college in South Carolina State, certainly male in in his youth home, uh, done well, and so a number of guys, but maybe not in in as high profile as some of us have done extremely well also. What cornerback gave you the hardest time? You mean outside the ones on my team? <laughs> I mean Mel Blount's in a basically a class by himself. Right, right. You know, we we. we like playing against the tough defensive backs. I mean, at, at, uh, at the Mike Haynes uh, when he's in New England, and then with the, with the Raiders uh, Hall of Famer Mike Haynes, uh, I think an excellent defensive back. Um, there was a guy that that played a number of years with the Cleveland Browns named Hanford Dixon that uh, that uh, we had some some good battles against and. Um, uh, Kenny Ken Riley, when he was with the uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, um, uh, liked to liked to play against him. So there there are a number of guys out there that that, that that I knew going into the game it was going to be a tough tough battle. How did it feel when you found out you were going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Uh, well, um, you know after after we settled down and the screaming stopped, um, um, you know we 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 thought. About it, deeper about it and what it meant, and and and, and uh, you, know, you look back over a career, and and you know I was ne- I was never the I don't think the guy that was that was going to be in the paper all the time. You know, I, I saw myself as a hardworking uh, kind of receiver um, that uh, that you know had some big plays and big games and 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 and, and did well and. But one that was not going to spike the football, and one that was not going to win the MVP in the Super Bowl. But you know, you you feel good about your career going into the Hall of Fame. I think sort of, I don't know whether it's justified or uh, or verifies that what the way we did it, the way we approached the game, we meaning John Stallworth, and and the way the that approach of just Keeping your nose down and doing doing a good job and catching the ball when when you call upon to catch it, that that uh, 
you know, people recognize that, that, that uh, at the end of the day, people look at that and, and, and recognize it for being, having a great value. Um, you know, there was a lot of times during the course of my, my career when, you know, other things were going on and other people were being highlighted for this and that, that were a part of our team. Um, but I thought, well, maybe I'll change. Maybe I'll do things a little bit differently. But I, but I didn't, and I stayed the course of what what I felt comfortable with. And 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 <clears throat> getting into the Hall of Fame and being voted into the Hall of Fame sort of um, lets me know that it, that that was a good course. That 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 was okay, and there is value in that. Who is the leader of the offense, and who is the leader of the defense on those teams? Wow, well, you know we. Uh, Defense, our defense. You have to you have to look at at uh, at Joe and, and Lambert as as leaders. Uh, certainly, Lambert, the more vocal of the two, Joe by his actions, um, uh, certainly a leader and and uh, um, and by his words also. But Lambert's a little bit more vocal, a lot more vocal than than that. Uh, offensively, you know. I think we we had a group of leaders on offense. You know, certainly, your quarterback has to be one of the guys that that, that stands up and, and does the job. And but you know we uh, you know uh, at times during our during our heyday, you know we 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 call plays by committee. You know because you know Bradshaw in his wisdom would would listen to what I wanted to do and Swan wanted to do and Franco wanted to do and what Webster thought the offensive line could do. And and so he got a lot of a lot of input, and uh, and 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 he was his own quarterback, and he and he called his own plays, and so we had we had that kind of situation going there. Number of quarterbacks, you know, you, uh, had had the philosophy that uh, you know you you guys just shut up and I'll call the plays. Um, that was not our approach in Pittsburgh with with with, uh, with Bradshaw. Uh, we all had suggestions about what we wanted to do, and, and uh, Bradshaw respected that. Do you think that L.C. Greenwood's ever going to get in the Hall of Fame? I mean, he was one of the leaders, too, of that defense, and I just feel like he should be in there. I do, too. I mean, no question in my mind that L.C. should be in there. I mean, you look at his performance over the years and and uh, uh, on, that, on that defensive line, the, the, the number of sacks he had, uh, the the how he influenced major games for us. Uh, just his steadiness over the years, um, without a doubt, I think he he has all of the credentials to be a Hall of Famer, and, uh, and I'm hoping that that still will happen. I just wish it would have happened while he was alive. I do too. I do too. I mean, I I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you there. Did Joe Green really despise that nickname, Mean Joe Green? I don't know. That, I don't know that he despised it. I never heard him say that he despised it. You know, that was. Uh, uh, you know, he was that was what he was called when I got there. You know, but I actually, you know, the, his early years and he was in his. He came in 1969 and I came in 1974. So, you know, those early years I think is where he he was mean Joe Green, uh, in in the truest sense of the word. And and when I got there, Joe was starting to be more Joe Green, the leader. You know, Joe Green, the the guy who, who, when you wanted an assessment of where the team was and 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 and, and uh, where we were and how we were doing and and, and how we were going to get through whatever phase we were going through, 
Joe was the guy that, that offered those words up. So that was the Joe Green that I knew. And I told him this, that then. I never knew me and Joe Green. I knew Joe Green, the the, the, the consummate leader, uh, the, the guy who, who by his actions and by his words, um, set the set the, the the path for for us to go and and you know great leaders off the field and and and, and, the, and the coaching staff and Chuck Noll and his staff and certainly the Roonies, but you know Joe on the field you know he, he, as a young guy you kind of looked at him to see well what was what's Joe going to say uh, how Joe's going to react to that and and you you took your cues from him in that regard so to me you know. I never knew that mean, mean Joe Green guy. I, I knew Joe Green, the leader. Were the Cowboys your biggest rivals? Uh, in the sense that, you know, we sort of saw them twice in the Super Bowl. You know, we, we had big rivalry with the Oakland Raiders. You know, I, uh, I had to learn to hate the Oakland Raiders when I got there. We played a couple of championship games against them, um, and uh, uh, then we had a big rivalry with the Houston Oilers. Uh, and we we had to play them a couple of times in championship games, so uh, conference championship games for the Raiders in the, in the, in the uh, Houston Oilers. Um, but as far as the big game, Super Bowl certainly yes, the, the Cowboys. Cowboys in the sense that that there was a there was a big difference in playing style. We, you know, our playing style was was smash mouth. You know, you know our coach, whether it's a velocity, we got to hit them. Harder than they hit us if we're going to win the football game. And Dallas, with the flex defense and the multiple sets on offense, um, they were going to uh, uh, finesse you. Uh, and and that was that was a difference in playing style. And I think when we played, it was it was you know which which style is 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 the more effective one. And certainly for us in that era. The smash mouth against the finesse uh, one out most of the time. And it probably was kind of fulfilling to beat so-called America's team when every time you beat them. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, that they were America's team, and, and uh, that's the way they promoted themselves. And and uh, and we were we were Pittsburgh's team, West, Western Pennsylvania's team, and, and, and we took a lot of pride in that. The only mistake I think the city of Pittsburgh ever made was – Naming the stadium uh, street Dorset Way. I think it should be named like Steeler Way. <laughs> I mean, you can't name it after a Dallas guy. <laughs> well, maybe so. Did you have a favorite player growing up? Oh yeah, I had a number of favorite players here that I that I liked. Uh, receivers, I, I, I liked uh, Raymond Berry in uh, United to Raymond Berry. I think was was for me. Uh, uh, Ray Berry, cop of football, you know, was, was not the fastest guy, but ran good routes and, and cop of football when he came his way. Sort of that, that, that resonated with me even as a, as a young football player. Um, liked Paul Warfield. Uh, you know, Paul was smooth and he was steady and, uh, he came up with a big play in a, it just happened to be in an office that, that wanted to run the football in Miami. Uh, with Zarka and Kick and Mercury Mars, but uh, when they threw the ball, you know, Paul was the guy. Uh, so really liked to to watch to watch him him play, um, and just receivers in general. You know, just uh, I liked uh, uh, Otis Taylor with the Kansas City Chiefs. 
just thought and, and and with him he came from a black college and and so I could identify with that. So yeah, a number of guys I like, but I, I I'd say uh, Ray Berry and uh, as receivers Paul Warfield. As a quarterback, you know, United will always be a, a, a hero to me. When you went to the Hall of Fame, do you sit down with Ray Berry and uh, those guys and basically say and share stories and say, you know what, I really enjoyed you growing up? You know, I have done that with Paul Warfield. I have not had an opportunity to, to do that with Ray. Ray doesn't come back every year, and I don't come back every year, so we've kind of been missing each other. Um, my first encounter with Ray Berry was – was uh, he was with the Detroit Lions and he was a receiver coach and that that year the Lions coaching staff uh, were were at the Senior Bowl and I'm at the Senior Bowl uh, as a player and and uh, Ray comes on me he said well here you got great hands and so he puts me in a drill and 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 he stands in front of me and puts his hands out and has someone throw the ball while he's distracting me with with his hands. And, and, uh, you know, he's right up close to me and the ball has to go by him to get to me. And, and I'm thinking more that rather than catch the football, I'm thinking more that this is Ray Berry doing this. So, you know, he had, he didn't have to move his hands. He could just stand there, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I never told him that, but, uh, uh, I don't know what he, you know, Detroit obviously didn't draft me. And, uh, so I don't know whether he came away from it thinking, well, this, that, you know, whatever they say about this guy's hands is completely false. He can't catch a thing. Uh, but I was, I was more distracted by Ray Berry doing that than I was about just being there than his, his hands in front of my face when the ball was on his way. Lenny Moore told me that Ray Berry made him the great player he was because Ray Berry said, Lenny, you're going to work out after practice with Johnny Unitas and me and we're going to make you a better player. Well, man, that, that's great. That's a great incentive. I can't think about two other, two greater people to, to work out with. Certainly, um, Unitas and and for me, like I said earlier, Unitas was a great hero of mine, and Ray Berry also. So, yeah, and and just their approach. You know, that I heard the I read stories of of what they did after practice, and they sort of like Berry's going to go out so many yards, and he's going to cut to the outside, and Unitas is going to knew knew that, so they knew that at that time in there. So. Either release of the ball before it, before Barry goes into his cut, and so when he comes back, the ball is right there, so he makes the catch. So, you know that that type of work ethic, I think, breeds success. Right, and the only person who could stop Paul Warfield was Don Shula. <laughs> <laughs> Paul was good. Paul Paul got a lot of respect from a lot of folks. And when I got to Pittsburgh, I think Paul was he had left Miami and and went to the. Uh, went to the new league and then had come back and he not, and then he was in Cleveland again. So, uh, so I got a chance to, to, to hear our, our defensive back, Mel Blunt, talk about Paul Warfield and what you had to watch out with him. So a great deal of respect from our defensive guys, uh, for Warfield and, and his talents. That was probably the only mistake that the Rooney's made was cutting, uh, Johnny Unitas. Well, you had to talk about talk to them about that. You know, things. You know, that was a mistake. I, I, I'm sure you, in hindsight, you certainly have to say that. I think Lenny Dawson was was in Pittsburgh for a little bit too. So, um, and and he was released. Uh, you know, so you know, some good things, some bad things. You know, if you look at the history of the Pittsburgh Steelers, I, 
I, I can I agree with you. They didn't make too many mistakes. The key, I think, to their success is they pick a coach and they stay with him. I, th- I think that that's a factor. You know, a guy gets to be comfortable with that. Um, you know, there, there's a certain philosophy in in Pittsburgh that seems to you know, starting with Chuck Noll seems to be a mainstay of of, uh, of the coaches that have come after him. Is that they, we we're gonna play good defense. We're gonna play good, solid defense. You know, certainly, this year has not been a typical year defensively for for the Steelers. But you know, you, if you look at the the Tomlin defense and you look at the uh, the defense uh, before before him, and uh, uh, and you look at Chuck's defense, and and you you see that uh, that uh, there's a commonality about playing good, strong defense, having great linebackers play. Uh, throughout that, and so um, you know that that that's that's a good thing. I hope that that continues. Uh, you know, so the offenses have gone from running the football to throwing the football a little bit more, but uh, you know, more of a balance there. But I still, even in even in that that change, I think there's a strong emphasis on being able to run the football still. I want to thank all our guests today, the beautiful April Rose and John Stallworth former member of the Pittsburgh Steelers and a member of the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I want to thank you for listening. I'm David Spada with my co-host Elliot Harris. You listen to Sports and Torts and stay tuned again next week here on TalkZone.com.